Hey folks, before we get started, I wanted to tell you about the Consumer VC Summit. The Consumer VC Summit is a three-day virtual event that is focused on e-commerce, retail, and innovation. This is all happening February 23rd through 25th, 2021. Mark Nathan and I have really poured our souls into it. During the day is a mix of talks and panel discussions with some incredible founders and investors that focus on these sectors. In the evenings, we're going to be throwing networking events, and if you're a founder, you'll also have access to mentoring sessions, which means you'll meet three investors or industry professionals for feedback about your business. All of our talks and panels will also be available for replay with a ticket. Please check out summit.theconsumervc.com and enter ConsumerVC for a 20% discount. This is also located in the show notes. We look forward to seeing you there. Now on to the episode. Hello, and welcome to The Consumer VC. I am your host, Mike Gelb, and on this show, we talk about the world of venture capital and consumer-facing startups. Over the holidays, we're going to be releasing highlights from past episodes from this year, every morning of Hanukkah, and each day during the 12 days of Christmas. I'm excited to share highlights from my conversation with George Milton, the co-founder and CEO of Yellowbird Sauce, spicy condiments crafted to take you on a fiery, fresh food adventure. So... Tell me a little bit about your story and how you started making hot sauce. Um, well, I mean, uh, there, it's a long story. I'll tell you the short version. Uh, me and my partner, Aaron, moved to Austin, Texas from Houston in 2012. We moved here as um, creatives. So I was, uh, I was working full time as a, as a musician. So freelance, house band, uh, studio stuff. Um, and I had been doing that for about a decade and she was, uh, she had, she was, had come from the, um, design, uh, visual design world. And she was doing that at, at a corporate level. Um, and she kind of moved to freelancing as well. So we moved to Austin, Texas with no jobs, got us a cheap house and, um, started kind of building our, building our lives here, um, mostly based around, uh, creative work for her design and for me, music. Um, we, we were at the time in our, well, I guess I had just turned 30. Um, so we were, we were, we were both coming out of our late twenties at that time and we were getting into clean eating. Um, and one of the things that, uh, we, we both used to be like, we were both student athletes and like, uh, all this sort of stuff back back when we were in school, we still you know keep in shape and all of that sort of stuff. But we're getting to that point in our lives where it's like you start to realize that 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 will only get you so far. So we were kind of trying to clean up our diets um, there in our late twenties. And one of the things that like the the really the beginning of that was that we were uh, reading ingredient lists a lot more. So this was 2011, 2012 that we were really getting into that. And just realizing like how much stuff that you don't think about is in your food that you get from the grocery store or restaurants or whatever. Um, preservatives, colors, flavorings, like additives that you don't, you know, you don't really know what they are or how they affect you. And some of them 
you know, some of them are asinine or some of them might actually be pretty bad for you. So we were, we were really getting into ingredient reading. One of the things, you know, we, we got a lot of stuff out of our regular diets that were, you know, salad dressings and things that it's like, oh man, these have a lot of like, you know, these have a lot of like processed sugars in them. They've got a lot of hydrogenated oils. Like it's a lot of the same ingredients that are in like cake icing and stuff that you're putting on a salad or, you know, like a lot of breads that um, you can get at the store have a lot of sugar in them, a lot of preservatives, things like that. Um, so we had fairly well cleaned up our uh, diets as far as what we we're buying at the store. The, the one thing that I could not find a replacement for was uh, we were using a lot of the Huifang Sriracha and I, I try not to throw them under the bus, but there is a lot of sugar in that product. Um, and there are a handful of preservatives that are, that, you know, potassium sorbate, sodium bisulfite, stuff that is, you know, not good for you. Um, the only purpose of that stuff being there is to make the color look a little better, to make the product last five years. It's like, it doesn't need to last five years. People eat that stuff so fast. There's no reason for it to last five years. Um, so we, we, I just started making, I said like, Hey, I, for, for a while I was just looking for like, cause I was going through, you know, a bottle of the Sriracha, like in two days or less, like I would just, you know, I do beans and rice or chicken and vegetables or something. And it would just, you know, Sriracha would just go all over it. I mean, like the stuff that I liked about it was that it was like a really thick sauce. It actually had, you know, it actually had a decent amount of heat to it. And the, you know, the garlic, the sweetness, the, um, the consistency, the squeeze bottle, all of the things, like I liked all of those things about it. And I was like, there's gotta be a version out there that is, um, that's not so bad for you. Um, and I, I looked for a while and I couldn't really find anything. Like I was hitting the specialty markets the you know, online, um, you know, any of the specialty grocery, natural grocery stores, there just wasn't anything out there at that time. And so I started, I, I was just like, okay, I, I started working in the, um, in kitchens when I was, uh, 15 years old. So a, a long time ago. And the, my first job was a hot wing joint, like in the kitchen. And so we'd just be like drinking hot sauce out of the, yeah, I love hot sauce, but the, but so I had, I was like, I can figure this out. I can figure out, you know, I had a list of like attributes that I liked and then a list of attributes that I didn't like. And so like I had, like when we moved to Austin, I was already in like full on experimentation mode. So like our pantry here, um, it was this house that we moved to. So we still live here, but the, um, uh, the pantry was like all hot sauce experiments with like tape and numbers on them. And I had a bunch of notebooks that just had like, you know, batch number 78, uh, batch number 78 B. And, you know, I changed the garlic. I used, uh, you know, potatoes in this one to try and thicken it up and here's the results and here's what I liked about it and what I didn't like about it like it was insane like I, I was just trying to make something for us at home so I think that that's important to note that I was not trying to start a business I was just trying to solve this problem for like um for like Aaron and myself um and the the winning batch actually ended up being um that like we had some stuff I I, that I had a recipe that I was kind of tweaking um i it had uh bell peppers and manzano peppers and um i was using some limes and some different things that i was kind of like tweaking amounts with and then i had some uh we had we were like going through some stuff in the fridge you know how when you're like 
you go through the fridge and you're like, you have all this stuff you want, you want to kind of like get rid of. Usually what I will do is I'll make like a stew out of it or something. And like, so I had, so, I think I had some, uh, I had some carrots left over and some tangerines and I was like, I'm just going to throw them in this batch of sauce. And I had it aging in the, in the pantry with a number on it. And I was just like, oh, I wrote down, okay. I added some, you know, some carrots and tangerines that were like throwaway. And then we kind of forgot about it. And then I went back and I was like, okay, batch, you know, whatever we got to, I want to try this one. And it was like, so good. It was like, so we, we use like carrots and tangerines was kind of like, you know, uh, that was like this, that was kind of the secret sauce for us. Like, I mean, it's on the label, right? I'm not telling you anything that's, um, but, but that was, for me, it was like, a, it was like, it got, it was a good combination of like the sweetness of both and kind of the, um, the, you know, you get a lot of thickness from uh, carrots. They've got some natural um, thickeners in them. Um, so it's it anyway like that was the recipe that we that we used that was our haven't turned into our habanero sauce and that's all we made for a couple of, so that's how I got into it was I was just really obsessed with making something that that would that would kind of fit this bill for what we wanted just at the house but what was the moment that that you realized that hey maybe this could actually be a business yeah that's a good question and it's kind of i, I mean the the moment I, I don't know if there was like an a single aha moment it was something that kind of developed over over time um but, but i was i was playing a lot around austin at work, you know as a musician and i had um um a, a regular bar a piano bar that i play at downtown and there was a so i would like bring it in as I was kind of like mixing up these recipes, I would just bring it in and have people try it, you know, like friends and family, et cetera, like kind of the, if you're starting a business, the feedback group that, that is like, you kind of have to rule out, like when, if you're getting feedback from your mom, that this is a good product, it doesn't really mean that it's a good business idea. But like, I was getting, you know, I would take, I would take in some stuff and I would have like a couple of jars of like, Hey, I was, you know, everybody kind of knew that I was making hot sauce. And uh, because I wouldn't shut up about it. And, uh, and I would be like, Hey, this is, uh, you know, this is, this is batch number, you know, this is batch number 15 of this recipe. Like, what do you think? I kind of think it's got too much salt, but, but let me know what you think. I'm sensitive, you know, I'm real sensitive to salt or whatever. So let me get your take on it. And we finally kind of like hit on that, uh, the amazing recipe that ended up being our first recipe. I was like taking it around to people that I knew and like, you know, give it a try. And I was just putting it in those, um, you know, those, those squeeze bottles, the like condiment, the, the, um, the plain, like, uh, kind of translucent condiment bottles you can just like get at the store and fill with whatever, like fill with oil or fill with a sauce or whatever. I was just getting those at like restaurant depot and, um, and, and I was just used. So that's why I put the sauce on it. I put it in those little, those condiment squeeze bottles. And I would just make a couple extra bottles and hand it out to people and just be like, Hey, what do you think? Like, uh, just, you can have this, give me your feedback. Um, and the, the, the kind of like first recipe that was really good, you know, like people just were like going ape shit about it. like, Oh my God, it's so good. And I was like, okay, that's, you know, cool. I, I thought, I think it's good too. And that's, this is the recipe. So, um, you know, and I would still, you know, and then I had that group of people kind of like, well, Hey man, let me get another bottle of that. And so it kind of turned into a, like, you know, I'd show up at the, I'd show up at the bar and I'd have to, 
bring a backpack full of hot sauce because I had, you know, 12 different people I had to like hand out hot sauce to. And it was just something that I was doing. It was something I was doing for fun. And then, you know, it kind of like, like, I had also made a couple of uh, uh, albums, you know, as a musician, like I had written, written and produced some albums and um, I would, I'd be trying to sell those like, Hey man, you, you know, this is when people still had, I, I guess, physical albums right at the end of that time when people could still sell a physical album and not just, Hey man, look me up on Spotify or whatever. Um, but I was like, I had these albums I was trying to sell and it kind of got to the point where like, where like, there were customers and people like from the bar like or like people in the surrounding area who kind of like knew that I was making this hot sauce and I'd be like hey I got these albums or you know how get take an album for five dollars or hell just take one for free I don't I don't care and people be like no man no that's cool I don't want an album but like you're the hot sauce guy right like you got like uh if there's any way that I could get a bottle of that hot sauce next time you play like let me know next time you're gonna be down here and I'll come down and you know what does it cost and I was like I I don't know. I don't know what it costs. Right. Like I had, I was doing it for myself. I, w I hadn't costed it out. Um, and so that was a thing. I think I was probably selling it for, I think I was just selling it for the cost of the bottle. So I was like, I don't know, two fifty or whatever, uh, whatever the, it costs for me to like get that physical squeeze bottle. Um, and so that's, that was kind of how it turned into a business was just like me selling it out of my backpack at a, at a bar where I was playing music and trying to sell, albums that's amazing just people coming up to you and saying you're the hot sauce guy and just wanting your uh, your hot sauce how did you approach distribution like did you go from i know that you started out in uh, farmers markets was it first initially the farmers markets and then was it direct to consumer channel or just how did you think about distribution in the early days as well uh, I, I didn't really think about distribution very much at the very beginning. We, like in, when we were doing farmers markets, it was like here in town or like we'd go not far. Um, and then, you know, like our early distribution was just like we had a handful of, you know, I had maybe 20 accounts in Austin for a little while. And I kind of thought that would be the thing, right? You know, like I had a handful of local restaurants and some like local grocery stores, which we have a lot of, you know, we got a lot of like local markets or, you know, vegan markets, specialty markets. And so like I had signed on maybe 20 local places and I was, I would just like once a week, I would just spend a day and I would drive around and say, Hey to everybody and give some high fives. These were back in the days when you could give high fives. Um, that, but, uh, you know, and then I, and then I would just, you know, I'd drop off, I would drop off sauce and, you know, they would pay me for it. And that, that was kind of distribution. That was kind of the first version of distribution, like distribution V1. Um, the first, the first like chain that we got in that was, that was outside of Austin was, was a uh, Whole Foods and Whole Foods, like Whole Foods has been a really big part of, of building our brand, but we, like it was just, when it was just me driving around to these handful of, of uh, restaurants and stuff in Austin. And then we actually got a call from Whole Foods because they had, they had apparently been eating lunch at a couple of the places that we were, that I was delivering to. And so they would swap between these two places for the, for lunch. And it was like, I'm only delivering to like a handful of places in Austin. I have all the places you can eat in Austin. I just happened to be delivering to both of the places that the Whole Foods team was like going to every day for lunch. And so they called us because I just like I initially had my cell phone number was just like on the bottle, you know, 
and uh and so th so they like called and they're it's like hey this is you know this is linda from whole foods and i was like okay sure it is um but but she was like yeah we'd like to you know we'd like to put you in some in some whole food stores and it, you like once i believed it was actually whole foods and all of this stuff that like they ended up putting us in i think like 36 stores like across texas um and that was you know that was the point at which i needed help with the distribution so we used a uh, we used a small distributor for a little while that was like, it was literally like five guys and a couple of like unmarked white vans. Um, and they're not in business anymore. I would give them a shout out there, but they don't exist anymore. Um, but those were like, I mean, those guys were like distribution cowboys. It would be like, they would, they would pick it up at, you know, at like 6am on, you know, on Tuesday. And then like at nine 30, they'd be like, distributing at stores in Dallas and I'm like how'd you even get there and you know in three and a half hours but so that was kind of the the first version and then we we really had to kind of like lobby for for years to start getting in with some of the bigger distributors because that was kind of like it's kind of a chicken and egg thing like if you go to a if you go to a retailer and say like hey I want to be you know even if they really like the product they don't most places don't want to be the first person to get in and distribution. Like most places don't want to be your anchor account. Luckily, like Whole Foods believes in our brand and was, you know, would be, was happy to be our anchor account, you know, with, with our first big distributor. And then from there we could kind of go talk to other stores that they distributed to. So that's kind of how we thought about it. In the early days, it was really a lot of like, you know, the, the guys we were using in the vans, like there would be times when it was like, cause they had such a small team. Like they, they would call me up and be like, Hey, Anthony has the flu. Like, can you make these deliveries to Houston? And I'm like, shit, I gotta leave now. But yeah. Okay. Like, so like that sort of stuff happened on a regular basis. It's not, you can't scale a company that way. It's not, it's not sustainable. And it's kind of like, yeah, but that, that, I mean, that was early distribution for us. And it, like, I fought hard for, for a bunch of years to get kind of like more ubiquitous in, in distribution. Um, Cause we don't, you know, the same, the same way that we don't really have the capacity or bandwidth to be farmers. We also don't have the capacity to be distributors. So like there, there's like a couple of things that we do really well and it's, it's not, you know, self-distributing and it's not, you know, farming our own produce. I wish we were farmers. I would, I would love to, I would love to just be outside that much, but. Thanks for kind of taking us through like that, those early distribution days. And there you have it. If you enjoy this, I highly recommend checking out George's full episode. Thanks again for listening and happy holidays, everyone.